Welcome to Spooky Island Radio and this week's Campfire Stories episode. In these episodes, prepare to be scared and spooked from around my campfire here on Spooky Island. No filler, just fire in these episodes. So it's time to get wrapped up in your blanket and toast some marshmallows and relax with Spooky Island Radio Campfire Tales. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Campfire Tales. A bit of a weird one this week. I'm currently sat in a haunted hotel um, and I thought it'd be a good idea while there's a storm going on outside and since it's Halloween to read some stories. Um, so let's jump straight into it. This first story is called Shadows in the Mirror. There was once a woman who lived by herself in a quaint house in the country. Her husband had passed away about five years back and she was planning on moving soon. One day while packing up some of her husband's things, she noticed that the temperature dropped really low. She walked down the hall to check the thermostat, but when she got there, it showed no difference in temperature. She thought about it, but figured out that it must have been broken. She decided that she would call someone the next day to fix it. When she passed a mirror on the wall on her way back, she thought she saw a movement of a sh- or a shadow in the reflection. Then the temperature suddenly returned to normal. And when she looked back at the mirror, nothing was there. She shrugged and went back to packing. A couple of days later, the temperature dropped again. And again, the woman went to the thermostat and again, it showed no change. She remembered that she had forgotten to call someone to repair it. She promised herself that she would call after the show on TV she was watching had finished. When she passed the mirror, she again saw the movements of shadows. She stopped. In the reflection, she saw a shadow. Nothing but a shadow, slightly translucent but visible. The shape was indescribable. It changed shape, like water flowing, about the size of a tall person. It stepped out from the wall behind behind the woman, but when she turned around to face it, there was nothing there. Now she was scared. She began to tremble. Slowly, she turned back to the mirror. The figure was still there, and closer. She screamed out, help, but no one came. Closer and closer, it came. A few weeks later, a friend of the woman stopped by to say hello. She knocked and knocked, but there was no answer. The next day a police officer came out to investigate but he found nothing but a few empty boxes with the TV on it. It was put down as an unsolved case. The house was soon cleaned out and put on the market for sale. For many years the house was empty, with what all the stories going round about it. But one day a small family considering, consisting of a mother, father and daughter moved from the city into the house. All was well until one day the temperature dropped. The daughter went to her parents and asked them what happened. They said they didn't know and they went to the thermostat to see. It showed no change change in temperature. They decided to call somebody. The daughter went back to playing with her dolls in her room. Had she looked up to the mirror, she would have seen a shadow peeking from behind the reflection of her head. But just then, her parents came in to tell her that someone was coming the next day to fix the thermostat and that she'll have to deal with it for a while. 
but when they finished saying this the temperature went back to normal. A few weeks later the temperature dropped once more. The girl was brushing her hair at the time in front of the mirror and she saw the shadow behind the, the reflection as it started to creep towards her. She screamed her parents came in asking what happened. She told them but they didn't believe her. She tried to make them believe her but it was of no use. They took her to a psychologist to get help. When she came home she believed it was all a figment of her imagination. She probably would have kept believing that except about a year later the temperature dropped again. The girl was by herself because her parents had gone to the theatre and left her alone. She was experimenting with makeup at the time in front of her mother's mirror. She, she stared in terror as the thing crept out from behind the bed. She trembled but didn't call out, she knew nobody would come. And now, as it had done before, the thing came closer and closer. When the girl's parents came home, they found the house empty. Their daughter was nowhere to be found, and the police report said another unsolved case. The house still stands to this day, and it's still on the market if you want to buy it. My next story is called Sticky Notes. One evening, a teenage girl came home from school and found her house empty. Her mother had left a sticky note on the fridge for her. It said her father was working late and her mother was out shopping for her younger brothers and her younger brothers were at soccer practice. She was all alone in the house. The girl locked the front door just in case. Then she put her mobile phone on the hall table hung her keys on a hook and went upstairs to her bedroom to change clothes. As she was getting undressed she saw a sticky note on her bed. She picked it up and looked at the message. It read, there is someone in the house. She assumed it was her younger brothers playing a trick on her, so she crumpled up the note and threw it away. Okay, very funny guys, she said. What happened, did you two miss soccer practice? No one answered. Hey, I know you're there, she yelled. If I find out you two went through my stuff again, you're dead. The girl went downstairs to the kitchen to fix herself a snack. When she opened the refrigerator, she discovered another sticky note. It read, there's nobody here but you and me. She dropped the note and said, this isn't funny anymore, stop it. But again, there was no answer. The girl went to the front door and tried the knob, but it was still locked. She turned around to get her keys, but the hook she had hung them up on was empty. Then the girl glanced down the hall table and saw that her mobile phone had disappeared as well. On the table, there was another sticky note. It read, You're not going anywhere. She screamed and picked up the phone to call the police. There was, there was no dial tone. She grabbed the phone line and to her horror she realised it had been cut. There was another note lying by the phone. It read, no phone, no police, no way out. Trembling with fear, the girl ran to the back door. When she tried to turn the handle, she found it was locked. Just then, she spotted, you guessed it, another sticky note stuck to the back door. It simply read, look up. So she looked up and saw her pet cat speared through the heart and pinned to the ceiling with a kitchen knife. Mm. 
She screamed in terror and ran to the nearest window. She tried punching and kicking it, but she couldn't smash the glass. It wouldn't even crack. And there was a sticky note on the window. You can't catch a break, can you? The frightened girl desperately tried to think twice of what she could do. She needed a knife to defend herself and she ran into the kitchen. But when she pulled out the drawer, it was empty. All the knives were gone and in their place was yet another note. Children shouldn't play with sharp things. She ran upstairs to her bedroom and locked the door. She decided she checked inside the closet and under the bed. There was nobody there. She breathed a sign of relief. Then all of a sudden, her TV turned on by itself. It was loud and static, and on the screen, she found another note. Now I have you where I want you. The girl flew into a panic and started yelling and screaming. Just then, she remembered her laptop computer. She flipped open the lid and quickly sent an email to her best friend. Help, this is not a joke. Call the police. There's someone in my house. Minutes later, she heard the sound of sirens outside. The police arrived and broke down her front door. Two officers burst into her bedroom and found her cowering in the corner, shaking and quivering with fear. The police searched the entire house from top to bottom, examining every nook and cranny, but they found no one. As the officers were interviewing her, one of them spotted a sticky note attached to her back. He pulled it off and handed it to her, and it read, I was this close. My final story today is a story about two men who spend the night in an old deserted house in the woods. Two men named David and Henry were hitchhiking on a lonely country road, but no cars would stop for them. They were tired and sick of walking. The sun was setting fast and they needed to find a place to spend the night. They came across an old deserted house and decided to take shelter inside. The garden was overgrown with weeds and bushes. The front door creaked open on the rusty hinges and a carpet of dust lay on the floor. The two men took some tins out of their backpack and ate a small meal. They then unrolled their blankets on the floor and made themselves comfortable and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, David suddenly awakened from a troubled sleep. It was dark and he was shivering with the cold. All of a sudden he heard a strange noise. It was a high-pitched whistling sound. Just then he noticed his friend, Henry, was standing in the shadows, listening intently. He looked as if he was in some kind of trance. Then the man began walking slowly up the stairs, his boots clomping on wooden steps, the shrill whistling growing louder. David wanted to call out to Henry and tell him to come back, but the words died in his throat. Henry kept walking up the stairs and eventually disappeared from view. Suddenly, the the footsteps stopped and David held his breath. He waited and waited. Then, he heard an awful scream that split the silence of the night and almost made him jump out of his skin. Then the footsteps resumed and came back down the stairs. Henry was trembling with fear, 
as he saw a pair of boots walking slowly down the stairs in the moonlight he could see a groping hand on the banister. Then the footsteps resumed and came back down the stairs. David was trembling with fear as he saw a pair of boots walking slowly down the stairs. In the moonlight, he could see a groping hand on the banister. A ghastly chill ran down David's spine, and when he saw the other hand, it was clutching a bloody hatchet. Then he caught sight of his friend's face. It was deathly pale. His eyes were glazed over and his mouth was twisted in a ghoulish grin. Blood was dripping down his forehead from a huge gash that almost split his skull in two. David let out a blood-curdling shriek and fled the house. He ran blindly through the pitch-black night, desperately trying to get away from the old house. He ran and ran, all the time imagining his friend chasing him with his bloody axe and his bloody head and his ghastly death grin. He ran and ran until he collapsed, exhausted. In the morning, he managed to find a police station and told the sheriff what he had seen. Together, they went back to the house to check it out. David's blood ran cold at the thought of what they might find. The sheriff opened the creaking door and looked inside. David peered nervously over his shoulder, and on the floor, he saw his friend, Henry was lying face down in a pool of blood, his head almost cleaved in half. His dead hand was still clutching the handle of the hatchet. The blade of the hatchet was embedded in the floor at exactly the same spot where David's head had been lying the night before. The sheriff searched the house from top to bottom, but he didn't find another living soul. With the campfire now beginning to fade, I think I will leave it there for today. I hope you enjoyed this week's scary camp stories, and remember to listen out for a full episode of Spooky Island Radio next week. Until then, over and out.